Boom. Hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom, what's up, you guys? <laughs> We're back here with another episode. This is probably going on both podcasts, Protective Podcast and the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. We're talking about something really important today. I've got an amazing guest with an amazing background going to upset some people, but we're going to dispense some real high quality information. We're going to prepare you guys in some really cool ways. Um, I've got Philip Kuntz of karambit.com with me. How you doing, brother? Good, dude. Good. Thanks for having me on. Dude, it's an absolute honor. It's a privilege. You know, we're definitely men of the same spirit. Um, that always means a lot to me. Um, and we're going to talk about some, I know this is, we might break the internet today, so <laughs> let's go, let's go viral, <laughs> you know, um, but we'll get into, you know, why I think the Karambit is one of the best, uh, blades, uh, and, and force options to have in that compartment of your force options. Like why I think Karambit is one of the best blades for you to carry around in your EDC, today i've been doing it for years and i really like them and i love them and um we're going to get into the ology and the background and capabilities of standby palms down boom this knife and we also got some collaborations coming at you guys so um boom stay tuned man so phil you're the man you know you are karambit.com um real quick just some cliff notes for them before we get into the background. What made you choose this this weapon um, to uh, really, really, really like put yourself behind, especially with your background? Yeah, man. So former Navy SEAL, I was I was introduced to the Karambit while I was in the SEAL teams on SEAL Team Ten. Uh, that's when I got my first Karambit, you know. And you know how it is in the teams; like one dude gets one, and like everybody else wants one, you know, because they're yeah. cool. So I actually carried it on all my missions and ops as my tertiary weapon. Some guys were carrying tomahawks and, and stuff and, you know, fixed blades. But, man, my Karambit, my, especially my folder, I actually have my original one that I bought uh, way back when, over a decade ago. So this is the first one that I used on, on Target. Definitely got me out of some pretty hairy situations for sure. That's the same one. That's what's there up. You there you go. Same thing, dude. I had a close yep. quarter situation with an Iraqi yep. army dude inside of a post. And we can tell that story later. But, yeah, it got me out of a hairy situation as well. Yep. So that's when I was first introduced to them. And then I'm a public speaker as well, too. And I talk about my gear. I bring all my gear and stuff to my events. And, and inevitably, I'm pulling out my karambit, talking about my first line of gear. And dudes are like, what is that? How did that just come out of your pocket like that? Like, that looks gnarly. And, uh, and so I just started selling them for about like six years. I would just sell them because there's a lot of knockoffs out there, you guys. So karambit.com, they are all official, like state of the art, 
that's the, the they're legit there on, on, our, on our website. We've got crambits anywhere from $10 all the way up to $1,700. So, uh, so I would sell them. Uh, the Fox 479, Fox 599, uh, those are our best sellers. I would sell those. And then eventually, there you go. Eventually, like last year, then the owner was like, he calls me up and he's like, hey, you've been like one of my most loyal customers. I'm selling the business. Do you want it? And I'm like, mic drop. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know? So uh, I, I, I jumped on that super quick. My business partner, he's out in DC as well too. Uh, Will Simpkins, great dude. Uh, so we've been rocking and rolling with Karambit.com now for about a year. We're the largest distributor of Karambit tactical knives in the country. Uh, so it's funny, Byron, you said we might break the internet. Cause you know what? Like some people like they either love Karambits or they hate them. You know, right. one of the things, one of the things I've been trying to do over the last year is push this boulder up a hill. And that boulder is, you know, a Karambit is a great self-defense knife, but how in the world is this a good EDC everyday carry? And I'm like, man, I'm cutting food with this thing. I'm separating my kids' Legos with this thing. Like I'm opening boxes. I'm using this. I'm pulling this out at least a half a dozen times every day to be able to do what I'm doing. Nice. So it is It is a great EDC. Uh, proud owner now of Karambit.com. And we're crushing it, dude. And and uh, thank you for for carrying for carrying it. And uh, we just made you your own brand of Karambit, your handle. Show everybody what that what that handle is, so we can we can custom make handles as well too, uh, with uh, with whatever the designs are that you might want. So we hooked up Byron with his uh, his sweet design there. Protection so that, in the house. That's your, that's your signature, dude. So, yeah, I can talk all day long about it, man, but I don't want to blow uh, blow up our time, you know, just focusing solely on just the Kramitz. But you take take it from there. That's my 50,000-foot uh, kind of answer to, to how I got into this. Yeah, no, awesome, man. Um, I absolutely – I don't know. For me, it's just so organic, man, because I literally had the same experience. I went to the PX before going to Iraq, and I was looking at blades, and I was like, Hmm. You know, like all young military Marines and everybody's like, which blade's going to be my Excalibur, you know? And, uh, I walked out of there with that Fox Karambit and I loved it and it was good for everything that I needed. And um, yeah, it ended up getting me out of a hairy situation um, where, you know, I'll just tell the story right quick, man. So I'm sitting here on post, right? And uh, I have an Iraqi army guy next to me. And as, if you've been over there, you know, those guys can like maybe go both ways. Like you they're squirrely, bro. They're, they're squirrely. <laughs> you don't know if they're on your side. You don't know if they're not. You know, they're negligently discharging weapons on accident. Maybe like they're there. You know, we, we had a, a big situation where we had to go and steal a bunch of our gear back from them. Like, you know, and, and they're flip floppy. So um, we had one throw a grenade into a post with some Marines a few weeks before this. Um, and uh, I'm sitting there and this dude's like smoking, uh, trying to smoke a cigarette next to me on post. And, you know, if you're you tactical guys, will know this, but I'll explain it for everybody. You can't smoke cigarettes at nighttime on post because you'll get shot in the face. <laughs> so, and, and we had a situation where the enemy had some of our weapons because they had, they got one of our sniper teams. And so the sniper threat was very high and we were dealing with that throughout the deployment. Um, so I couldn't let this guy sit here and smoke a cigarette right next to me. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, Hey bro, put out your cigarette. <laughs> and he's like, you know, nah, in Arabic, la, la, la muscula, la muscula, like, like not a problem. Like calm down. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, 
now, bro, it's a problem. Put out your cigarette. So he won't do it. I take the cigarette. I put it out. And I'm just like, this is, we're not doing that in here. He lights up another one, you know, and he's just like smoking his little cigarette again. And I'm like, nah. So I take a cigarette. I put it out. Uh, the third time he starts to light up another one. I take it from him. I grab the whole pack and I like, you know, I confiscate it basically. And we're in a post. This is like, you know, five by five, maybe six by six. It's me and him. It's close quarters. Um, and I carried my K bar here and I had my karambit on a pocket draw as well. Um, and, uh, he got so angry and he, actually started to draw on me inside that post. So he gets angry. He goes to grab his gun and I pocket draw my karambit just like that and pull out my K bar and back him up right against the wall. Like just instantly he goes to grab his gun, boom. And my karambit's up against his neck. My K bar is up against the other side of his neck. I press him up into the wall and we have a moment, you know, one of those moments where, men understand each other uh, that transcends all language. And um, sure enough, you know, he was kind of, he understood the the situation. I took his weapon from him and I kicked him out of the post. And then obviously I called my boys to watch my back the rest of the night. Um, but being in that close quarter situation, trying to draw my pistol or trying to draw my rifle could have been cumbersome. I needed to act really quickly in a very confined space and I wanted to use the least amount of force possible. I didn't want to have to actually smoke the dude. And I knew I could get that type of compliance, bringing those lethal weapons to bear that quick in that shorter space. And that pocket draw um, really helped me execute that. Um, so from then on, man, the Karamit was just my was just my uh, kind of my EDC. And I, I like it because, you don't you know, I don't have to go to, to, to knife fighting school for 100 years to understand that I can put this in my fist. I can jab with it <laughs> and I can slash with it. And it's a problem. You know, <laughs> you know it's a very simple blade to understand. We've got, we've got training videos and stuff too uh, on our website, you know, so people want uh, some extra, uh, just some instruction, you know, they can look at my right. training videos and how to use it in everyday scenarios and stuff. And we sell trainers. <laughs> so you're not pulling out your sharp uh, razor sharp karambit right out of the box and, and sticking yourself or cutting yourself with it. So we've got trainers as well, too, that you can use. Yeah, yeah, man. Tell them about that. That's, that's the most common injury that we get. You know, guys are, they're playing with it. They're flipping it around. And as it comes around, it's hitting them right there, like pretty darn close, man, to your, to your, uh, your artery right there. And you're like, yeah, I definitely sprayed across the living room and was like, did I just, did I just really do that? No, I mean, it ain't your knife till you draw blood, but I'm sitting here and I'm like, I think, and I remember I took my finger off and it was like, Psst, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is an actual problem. Like looking around, I was like, Hey babe, uh, hold on one second. <laughs> Go get my IFAC out of the car real quick. You know, my tourniquet, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I was like, golly, but uh, true story, man. So good, man. I know I love these blades. It's awesome. But Let's get into you, man. One of my favorite questions is, who are you at your core? Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I got out of the SEAL teams after just over six years for family reasons, man. So um, we were just talking about this. Who I am at my core on a professional business level is I want to make a positive, lasting impact in the lives of everyone I'm speaking to uh, as a public speaker, everybody that I'm helping, a business coach, life coach. And then everyone that I'm training as well, too, with uh, with knives and hand-to-hand self-defense stuff and 
So it's, that is, that is who I am at the core. Uh, I'm a man of faith as well too. So I'd be remiss if I, if I don't bring that up as well too. So uh, love Jesus and uh, my faith and, and, and all that is, is very central to my life. Um, I'm married right now and uh, right now, like I'm not going to be married in the future. So I'm married and uh, we got five kids together. We're a blended family. We live here in Colorado. So family man, uh, entrepreneur, businessman, I own three different companies and uh, I love what I get to do, dude. So that's kind of, you know, that's, that's, that's what drives me. That's what wakes me up in the, in the morning. So I, again, I got out of the SEAL teams with, uh, with my family values. Cause it turns out dude, that, that it's like oil and water being a good team guy and being a good dad, they just don't mix together, you know? So I had to really make a tough call and I got out for, uh, for family reasons because I wanted to be a dad that was in the mix and going to birthdays and showing up for, you know, baseball practices and games and ballet performances and all that stuff. So, yeah, man, no, I totally dig that. And I think a lot of guys have to make a decision, have that choice point. How do you, and I mean, you know, like between like the masculine answer, like, yeah, of course you're happy about it and you love your family, like, you know, the stuff we have to say, but like, really, you know, what would you say about someone who has chosen to walk that path? Like, what's it really, how do you cope with, you know, the other side of that? Because, you know, um, hacking through that book, Wild at Heart again, like we need like, I don't want to say the word war, but us men need that challenge. I'd say in my book, um, Finding Meaning After the Military, you need to find your new fight when you get out because a warrior is a warrior. You can't unsee what you've seen, you know, and and I think that's in the heart of every man as well. So how do you feel about that decision? What are some tools you've used to cope with that decision? What are some struggles associated with that? Sure. A little bit. Yes, dude. Let's let's get into the nitty gritty, right? I like it. Uh, great book, by the way, Wild at Heart, and then The Way of yeah. the Wild Heart, its sequel, you know, by John Eldridge. Really, really good, dude. Yeah, I actually read that one on my second deployment, Way of the Wild Heart. Yeah, I got out of the military, and you know, my faith kind of helped me transition uh, pretty well. But then, about a couple years afterwards, I I just started feeling angry all the time, you know. And in the military, we channel anger, doing like close quarter combat, you know, high intense situations. You know, we channel that anger, and I think it just took a little while for all that to kind of rise to the surface. And I was getting pissed off, like with everything, you know, like I'd be like tying my shoes and mess up, and I'm like, oh, dag on it. And like I close the car door, and it doesn't close all the way. And I'm like, oh, what? Ah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what is this? Like- this is not me. And it started bleeding into, you know, relationships and stuff. And I'm like, this is not who I am. So, you know, every, every man out there, it's uh, what, one of the things I like to say is it's okay to not be okay. You know, that's something I really had to come to terms with and, and reach out to my pack, you know, my, my boys uh, that I could be really vulnerable with and transparent with and reach out to them and say, man, I'm not doing good right now. Mm-hmm. Because no guy wants to admit that, you know, and females too, you know, like we've got that pride thing going on, you know, and it's like, it's, it's hard to admit that we're not, we're not doing okay. And so I had to admit that. And I went out and I got some counseling. I got some therapy right from the VA. I learned some, some good skills like breathing skills. And I uh, just got some good, like, you know, uh, what do they call it? EQ, emotional intelligence. Like how is my body reacting when I'm triggered right now? And how do I, you know, taking a timeout and how do I, how do I let that cortisol flush through my body, you know, and come back to the conversation, like cool, calm and collected. And so I had to, uh, I had to get some professional help there for a while. And 
And, and now I'm lucky enough to be able to pass that along to a lot of my clients, my, my life coaching clients, business clients, people who I speak to as well, too, and just kind of help them through that process as well, too. Because oftentimes, you know, God allows us to go through the hardships of life that we have to go through and persevere through so that we can then help other people who are struggling with the same thing. So, you know, helping out veterans and, and talking with guys and, and uh one of the programs that my local church runs, it's called Reboot Combat Recovery. So mm. you know, the VA does a really good job of taking care of the physical needs and the emotional needs, but the spiritual wounds of war, too, are a real thing. So yeah. it, uh, it's like a 12-week process, and I help lead that as well, too, talking about grief and, and suicide and and uh, just all of the all the stuff that goes along with these, those negative coping mechanisms, all that kind of stuff. So that's, uh, that's been the journey that I've been on, uh, since, since I've been out. Okay. No, that's awesome. I love that. Um, finding professional help, admitting that, Hey, I'm having a tough time, you know, um, even if you don't have to go and admit it to your family, go and find some help, go and, and, and find, you know, people that are specialists at helping with this exact thing. Um, and it's a slow Tuesday to them. They see a bunch of dudes that are dealing with it and they know what the trajectory of getting back online looks like. And they can be like, dude, this isn't weird. It's not weird. You're actually normal. Like this is what is appropriate to deal with. This is what needs to be dealt with and, and can walk you through that and help normalize some of that struggle. I think is important. How I love that you said that. And that's, that's cause we got to be for our tribe. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't make you any less of a woman or a man right. to go out there and, and say, you know, I need some help. You know, I'm, I'm jacked up right now and I need some, as a matter of fact, it's the, it's the, it's the courageous person. It's the strong person that's able to admit that and walk yep. in that fear, face that fear, walk through that and be a better person in the, uh, in the long run on the other side of that. Yeah, man. Vulnerability is strength in my opinion. It is. Yep. Uh, yep. hundred percent dig that. And then um, what would you say about like as a warrior, you know, finding your new fight, you know, like coming back, you know, and now we're in this like nerf world, you know, you feel like a Lamborghini being forced to drive in a school zone. You come from the teams and now you, you know, you know, the biggest problem, you got toys on the ground is like the biggest, <laughs> biggest problem half the time. Till you, right. till you start doing entrepreneurial stuff and then the war is like all over. But anyway, yeah. But how do you deal with now? as a civilian, keeping that warrior spirit that you have in you alive? That's a million dollar question, dude. And, you know, just to be honest with you, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. You know, yeah. part of that working out and being, you know, pretty hardcore still in, in the gym and, and getting my, uh, you know, my calisthenics in and, and weightlifting and, and cardio stuff. And, uh, but my body's starting to break down, you know, and feel the effects of the military, you know, the teams and all yeah. the had to put my body through. So, you know, there's a little bit of grieving there too, with the loss of opportunity. Uh, so for me, yeah, that, that fight. Um, so one of the funny things is, uh, when I got out of the teams, I was a contractor for a little while teaching the green beret sensitive site exploitation there on Fort Bragg. And then after that, I actually became a pastor. The door opened for me to become a pastor at the vineyard church. And a lot of people are like scratching their head, like Phil, hold on a second, like time out how did you go from being a seal to a pastor? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? God just moved me from the physical fight to the spiritual fight. Yeah. And uh, for me, that fight right now is, is very much um, 
looks very much like that. You know, the spiritual fight for our souls, you know, which is far more costly than just, you know, power and control and land and, and, and freedom and all that. Those things are important, but but our souls, you know, and where we're going to end up kind of thing is, is very important. So that's kind of where I'm focusing my fight nowadays. And along with that, just training, you know, training people. I love knives. I love self-defense stuff. And so being able to impart those skills is really valuable to me. One of my four presentations, uh, it's called living free and fearless. It's all about how to protect yourself. It actually started out as a women's self-defense course. And then all the dudes were like, wait a minute, like we're missing out. We want this too. So, you know, open it up to the, to the general public and uh, teaching everybody how to protect yourself in everyday scenarios, situational awareness, so huge. Uh, how to strike, strike zone, all that with non-dominant hand, dominant hand, level one, level two, level three strikes, using your cell phone as a weapon, how to get out of chokeholds. It's a lot of fun, but uh, I like to impart those skills that I've learned to the general civilian publics to help them feel more safe and help them feel more prepared for if and when the stuff hits the fan and, and they're in a compromising situation. The more positive, lasting impact that I can have on people, the better. That's my MO. I want to have a positive, lasting impact on people, whether that's training, whether that's speaking, whether that's business coach, life coaching, which I've been doing for the last five years, you know, whatever, man. But God provides all that stuff. We're just good. That's right, dude. That's right. That's right. But I'm not going to lie. There's times when I wake up. I mean, owning your own business is stressful. There's times that I wake up and the enemy's. He's uh, he's at me, you know, trying to get like instill fear and worry and anxiety. Like, hey, what if the phone stopped ringing? What if you stop getting gigs? You know, then like the well's going to run dry. And I'm like, oh, crap. And I'm like, I can't go down that rabbit hole because that's a nope. dark place. But I got to just I just got to submit it, you know, to Christ and be like, you know, God, you've got me. You've always got me. So I trust you. Dude, it's a freaking war. It is. A war. It is. It it is. My, to me, that's how I keep my warrior spirit alive. It is a mother freaking war. I am like. Yeah in my mind, staying focused, blanking out negative thoughts, constantly yep. staying yep. like on the course, like yep. in faithful action as much as I yep. can, you yep. know? Yeah. Same thoughts. Hey, what if you can't do it again? What if, you know, da, 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 da. and then it's like, Oh sweet. Like yesterday I had like a whole mountain of winds and it was, it was a drought before that. And I was like, Oh, win, win, win. Yeah. Win. Yeah. yeah. And then this yeah. morning I'm working out and it's like, everything's blowing up that I thought I did yesterday. And I'm like, right back where I started. And it's like, yeah, me like, this is, this is the fight. Like, good. Yep. Okay, cool. I'm going to rebuild yep. better, rebuild stronger. This is all happening for a reason. You yep. know, father's showing me stuff. So I just got to navigate this. It's yep. all love, man. You know? Good. So yeah. Beautiful stuff, man. We're gonna we have, have such we have such kindred spirits, man. We would be foolish not to work together at, uh, at, at a pretty high capacity. So. Yeah, that's it's organic, man. That's gonna. You are a good dude, Byron Rogers. <laughs> I'm trying. No, likewise, man. I can see it. I can see it. I yep. can see it. You know, like the yeah. same spirit. So it yep. recognizes yep. really quick. Yep. Just off a few things you said, there's been a lot of like um, credit. I feel like you know Christianity has been kind of watered down, so we have this whole like um, feel. We feel like there's a lack of congruence as warriors in church sometimes. But, yo, like there's a verse in there that says the Lord is a warrior. <laughs> the Lord is his name. Yeah, I mean, like there's plenty that shows a man if he's not, um, you know, dealing with like the kind of propaganda of us being just nice hippie guys. Like Jesus wasn't a right. nice hippie guy. Like it's so right. horrible to me that they did that. Because I know. If you read a book for your dang self. I mean, God is 
the most serious, like loving, but also that love has accountability. You know, if you, if you, that, that is, that is love as well. That's righteousness. And then you see, you know, Jesus in multiple times in there where, you know, the Pharisees get handled, even, even the disciples are like, yo, who forgot the loaves and fishes, bro? Like you tell Jesus, no, you tell him, man. I ain't gonna, he is a man to be reckoned yeah. with, you know? Um, yeah. Well, and, and Paul, Paul said Roman, Paul, Paul says in Romans chapter 13, you know, like that yeah. we do not bear the sword for nothing. You know, there right. is that ability. There is that, like, it's our job to help rid the world of evil, you know, yeah. as ambassadors of Christ. And I'm like, I love that term, that ambassador of Christ and kneeling yeah. before him as, as my king, as my general and saying, you know what, God, use me uh, yeah. however you will to advance your kingdom on yep. this dark, dark planet. And let's face it, Byron, mm-hmm. this world isn't getting any better, bro, right? I mean, just look at all the stuff that's going on on a global level. I mean, forget the pandemic. That was bad, but I mean, you got yeah. stuff with Ukraine right now and then ISIS and everything in the Middle East and, and potential nuclear threats, you know, North Korea. I mean, we got all this stuff going on. This stuff could hit the fan like Today. that. Yep. <laughs> right. like before the end of this podcast, you know? Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and so many Americans are like, you know, living in their little protective bubble, you know, with their head in the sand, like an ostrich, like hear no evil, see no evil. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm a little bubble. And it's like, bro, that little bubble could get popped like, you know, real, real quick. So 100%. And that's what we're here for. I think, yep. you know, warriors are one of the highest acts of service. You know, we are, you know, it, it's, it's a, an act of service. You don't just get to be like have. To be a useful warrior for good, it's something you must cultivate. And really, yep. to go back on what you were saying uh, and tease out something I want to make sure they they get. Um, really, finding your new fight, what you said in so many words was you found something bigger than yourself that you could pour yourself into, you know, yep. Um, yep. being a pastor. You know, if you look at Jesus, prophet, priest, and king, it's all in there, you know, um, being a pastor, uh, empowering good people to defend themselves. You found like a cause that another mission that's larger than you, um, that you could pour yourself and your warriorship and your servantship and leadership into. And that's how that's really what I write about. That's what I think, guys, if you're coming back and you're like, man, you know, the world is tasteless, tasteless without this level of intensity that I once had. Um you can find something bigger than yourself like you had in the military and pour yourself into that. And uh, you can really, 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 really um, create a life that is thriving and alive and full of vibrance and full of everything that you had in the military and more with moral high ground and, 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 and um, fulfillment. So it's pretty awesome. Let's get into the blades, man. Um, if you're up for that, I think we, we touched a little bit on kind of the spiritual stuff and the familial stuff. You know, I've always kind of wondered about what would you say about the Karambit first as an EDC tool and then second as like a survival tool? Yeah. Yeah. So, again, I mean, it's what I've been carrying now for over a decade and it's I'm using this thing every single day. So really, my my go to is my Karamba for my EDC. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's it's what I go to. So it's yeah. Yeah. And then as far as self-defense, you're not going to find anything else out there. That's that's any uh, that's any anything better than, than a self-defense knife. So, OK, why, though? But like, <laughs> but like, why, like, why, like for self-defense, you know, close quarters, yes. is it the curve of the blade that makes, gives you some type of advantage? 
and utility? Is it the quick application? Because like here in Cali, you know, you know, fixed blade has to be showing um, if it's over two inches. We got all these rules. Obviously, right. there's major advantages to a fixed blade. I love, you know, having the wave opening. Um, yep. I love push daggers and karambits. Yep. seem like yep. the simplest yep. um, knives for, for me to be able to apply the quickest. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like you kind of, you kind of covered it. I love the wave feature, you know, where it actually, it, it, it catches on your pocket, you know, and pulls out immediately. Like you showed us a couple of times already. Uh, one of the only knives out there uh, that, that does that, you know, it's not, it's not an automatic knife. It's a self-assist. It's coming out one-handed, you know, and it's game on in a close quarter kind of combat. Here's the other cool thing. This is the only single knife out there on the market that can do this. So I'm close quarter. I get some distance, you know, we're cutting and slicing, by the way, this is like nature's killing design. This looks like the raptor claw, right? The beak of a, of a, of a bird or, or a talon, you know? So this is like Wait. a mountain lion claw, right? Yeah. Yeah. Claws it's meant to, tiger as Ed likes yeah, to say. <laughs> yeah. It's meant to, to grab. It's mo it's meant to tear. It's meant to, to cut very, very well and slice. Um, but the only knife out there where I'm cutting, you know, it's close quarter, you know, and then I'm getting some distance. And then all I do is I flip it up because my finger's still in the ring right here. I flip it up. I grab my EDC and then I'm able to put rounds on target with the knife still in my hand. And I've done this before, by the way, for all the critics out there. And it does work. Pretend like I get a jam or maybe I run out of ammo. I drop my gun. Right. And guess what's still right there, dude. Guess what's still right there? My knife, I flip it up and I'm still back in the fight, even if I have a, a jam or anything else. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Yep. True. I can totally like do what I need to do with this like this. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Uh, okay. 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 We're learning some stuff, man. So being able to wield both is a huge, huge advantage. Another thing I love about a man is if I do have this and I still need to like say things are escalating and I don't want to brandish a blade. I can have this. Yep. The finger ring hand and I can tuck it behind my hand until I need to use it if I need to use it. So yep. I really like the concealability of it. Um, Cause I, I was in a situation where um, there was this dude who was like 350 pounds. He was like huge. And he was rolling up on me and my wife in a, you know, after we went out, we got invited. I don't go to clubs and I don't go to bars. Right. But of course my friend was having one. I mean, I'll go with you like, okay, cool. Like I don't have a problem with it, but in my personal life, I don't just like go do those things. And of course a buddy was having a party and da, 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 da. but at the end of the night, some dude starts rolling up on us and he's like, you know, getting all weird about like, yeah, man, things happen in the streets. Just automatically just crazy stuff happens in the streets. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and, uh, you know, the only thing I could do really is put my wife behind me and say, you know, yes, they do um, and stay grounded with them. But I already had my my ringed blade out in my hand and um, I was really calm. And I think his buddy just could see how calm I was and was like, come on, man. <laughs> and he was like getting him out of there. And I you don't want to mess with this guy. Yeah, I was like, I got disparity of force, man. This guy's got like 80 pounds on me. I'm I'm actually going to have to defend myself if this happens. I want to walk away. I can't turn my back to this dude right now. He's thinking about jumping me. Um, and there was a major advantage to me being able to get ready, being able to hold my blade. If I had to grab, if I had to do anything, I can do that. 
um, and also being able to conceal that blade because I didn't want to escalate the situation. Um, and I think that's that's a pretty huge, pretty huge advantage too. Yeah, another thing that you said, I thought you were going to take it in this direction, but with that finger ring, if you don't want to escalate to the point of the blade with that finger ring, you can also strike you know, with that linear strike to yeah. the face, to the T, you can strike with that, with that metal finger ring and still make a pretty good impact without necessarily using lethal force as well, too. And I can draw this thing out. Like I'm pretty good, man, with, with a firearm. Yeah. I can get my EDC out there. I can get my, my concealed carry out there real fast, but I can actually deploy this thing faster than I can with my firearm. So if anyone is within I'd say five feet of me, I'm pulling out my, my karambit before I am my, my, uh, my, my firearm. So. Yeah, man. And that's, that's what I did in Iraq in the, in that post, which was just, yeah. I didn't even think about it. You know, like you want it, you, you want to be like, Oh, I'm going to guns. But like, I didn't even, my brain, my brain just knew like pull out your blades, get on the, get on this guy now, you know, um, yep. and so that yep. was, that was pretty awesome, man. Yep. Um, so what about like the survival guys that are like, can you skin a deer with this thing? Like, yep. um, does it have those capabilities? It sure does. Uh, I, I make fires with this, you know, like whittling and stuff with my boys, you know, I'm making fires. So we have a, uh, this is this is this is new and improved. This is coming out this year. It's called the Karambit Warrior Weekend, and we're using our karambits for, for simply all just survival techniques. And building fires is one of those. We're field dressing an animal. Uh, last year I shot, uh, I'm a big bow hunter. So I shot a deer. I, uh, I skinned it with my karambit a couple years before that I got an elk and, uh, did the same thing. So yeah, man, you can use this, uh, absolutely. Uh, and for, for all the hunters out there, this is, uh, this is my go-to for, for skinning and, and gutting animals as well too. And let me just say this, the number one thing that we get from people as far as like scratching their head, like, Hey, is, is how do you sharpen? How do you sharpen a karambit? How do you sharpen a curved blade? Yeah. Well, you sharpen the curved blade with a cylindrical stone. So my finger, here's my cylindrical stone, which we do sell those on our website as well, too. You make sure you hold that 20 to 25 degree angle and you're just sharpening your karambit, you know, just like this. Can you see that? like well enough yeah. so you're just sharpening your cramp like this yeah. with that cylindrical stone <laughs> not cutting my finger off right yeah um so yeah that's that's one of the things that we get the most is hey how do you sharpen this thing because you know i'm i'm, I'm skinning a deer or an elk and i'm gonna need to sharpen this thing afterwards uh so that's that's exactly how i do it maintain that 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 really sharp edge on the knife nice man yeah. i think the only downside to the karambit in my opinion is i feel like they're kind of like bulls you know or like you know i i have a cutting corso and a doberman pincher right so um you know the 140 pound 100 100 pound dogs right and um you know it's like having two other dudes live at the house sometimes it gets like juvenile hall in here but uh, <laughs> but i you know the dogs have a bad rap you know so you know when we were looking for apartments back in the day, they're like, Oh, you have aggressive breeds and they're scary, you know? So the only thing that I, I worry, not worry about, but consider sometimes is when someone looks at this, they don't perceive it as like a knife with an alibi, you know? 
do you have any workarounds for that? Like they kind of look at it like that's a killing knife, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, Dude, some people favorite. won't, some people like in my presentations and stuff that come up to me afterwards are like, Oh no, I'm good. I don't even want to touch that thing. Cause it looks <laughs> so dangerous. And I'm like, it's not going to bite you right? Yeah. unless you do something stupid with it. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's just like a firearm. It's just like anything else. You know I mean? It's right. like a freaking pencil, you know, a pencil could be dangerous. Just don't stick yourself in the eye with it. Right. Or a BB John, gun. You John Wick, man. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like anything else, you know, a knife is a tool, you know, and it's an amazing tool. The, the cram, it's an amazing tool. Does it look intimidating? Yeah, it does. But that's part of the appeal. That's part of the appeal. And in my mind, that's, I, I like, I like the look of it. I like how intimidating it is, but if that's you, I would just encourage you get one, get a trainer, learn it, get familiar with it. And that's going to go away real fast. That that trepidation, you know, of, of, of the style of the hawkbill shaped knife, that's going to go away because uh, because you're getting more comfortable with it. So we're, we're kind of like we're kind of like the nerdy kid in school right now in the whole like knife world. You know, we're like nerdy kid. And some people are like, I don't know still about this karamic thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of cool. But I'm like education and just getting some trigger time with it, just getting some, uh, some practice time with it will, will help everybody kind of, uh, you know, subside those fears a little bit as far as just the aggressiveness of how it looks. How would you say, so, all right. So somebody goes ahead and I agree hundred percent. I like the way it looks. I love the appeal. I love that when people look at me, sometimes they like see a loop on my pocket and they're like, Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, the better to protect you with, you know? Uh, so someone's like, okay, sweet. Like I dig it. I'm totally down. You know, I want the knife that looks like I can kill aliens. Where do I start? Cause it's the same question I get all the time. Hey, you know, Byron, I'm going to get a new gun. What kind of gun should I get? And I'm like, right, right. Uh, the guns these days generally go bang. Okay. You should date a few guns before you buy one, but really the technology's there. I think the real question is um, what kind of training are you going to get? You know? So how would you suggest somebody goes about be gaining some confidence with this weapon system if they do decide to join the dark side of the blade world? Yeah, I would say, again, like we got a lot of videos on our website. You can yeah. check out those videos. You know, guys like Doug Markaida, which everybody knows, he kind of made the Karambit, you know, famous uh, a few years back. So he's got training videos as well, too. Uh, get yourself that trainer, you know, just get some time on it. Um, we've got, like I said earlier, we've got knives anywhere from 10 bucks all the way up to 1700. You know, we've got, uh, here's what we call the Rhino. Um, this by, yeah, yeah. This is by Revo. We've got the, the Kodiak. These are custom made Damascus blades, uh, steel and, and carbon fiber handles. So this bad boy looks like it, I, I could actually take on a Kodiak bear with a couple of these, you know, scrapping with them. Uh, we've got a lot of different. Wow. That's like got a little holster to be like an EDC kind of party. Yeah. So small. This is, yeah. Yeah, dude, this is one of our, uh, this is one of our, our go, one of my go-tos, one of our top sellers is the, is the Kodiak on the, uh, on the website. So this is obviously a fixed blade. So it's got a, uh, it's got a, a, a whole, uh, not a holster. It's got a sheath uh, for it as well too, but you know, we got a lot. So I would say, you know, start, start small and then work your way up. Right. So uh, start, start with one that's going to be like, you know, 50 bucks and then our uh this is our fox 479 that's what you and i have been flashing around another really good seller is our fox 599 uh so this is uh, just a little bit smaller for guys that have smaller hands right so it's about a half the, the blade is about a quarter of an inch smaller and the handle is about a half an inch smaller so a little bit better for guys that have smaller hands 
Uh, yeah. So these are our top sellers, but I mean, just work your way up. These are only 130 bucks, dude. So it's not going to break the bank. Uh, really great warranty on. They're going to last you forever. And yeah. Uh, so, and then just, yeah, just work your way up, you know, as you get more and more familiar with them. Well, and no, he's not joking about the fake freaking karambits out there online. Oh, yeah. That is a yeah. real thing. I have bought a couple and they disintegrated within 72 hours of me taking them out of that. I got I, I can go get them. They're in the, my, my knife drawer. It's so, it was so disheartening and they look exactly the same. And you're yeah. like, Oh, I can get one of these for like a quarter of the price. Why am I going to spend money on that one? And then you get a knife that literally falls apart when you start practicing or doing anything with it. It's just going to die. Um, so yeah, I've, I've lost track of how many phone calls we get from people just like that. They're like, I got this, I, I got this karambit falling apart and we're like, well, let me see it, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's not ours, <laughs> but, uh, but here's, here's what we can offer you. And, and dude, like, I mean, our customer feedback on our website is phenomenal. So people, you know, guys, just you know, women and men, they, they love them. If you go back in the DMS, between me and your Instagram page, you will see the exact same conversation. Exact same conversation. Yeah. Yo, bro, I got this grabbing offline. It's falling apart in two seconds. Yo, let me see, literally the same. Let me see a picture of it. Oh yeah, this is what I got. And this is what's happening. Cool, man. That's not one of our karambits. Uh, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, and that's, you know, I did my, they, then you guys sent me one and took care of me. So that's a real thing. You guys pay attention to that. That yep. Kodiak also looks super dope to like, just put on the outside of your, of your kit, man, something you can just grab and yep. really be able to bring some, 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 something to bear if you absolutely need it. You know, there are a lot of videos I get sent with, um, police officers trying to defend their sidearms and something like that is a really great tool to be able to yep. make sure that doesn't happen to you. Yeah. There's a lot of law enforcement officers that carry karambits, uh, to, to help get people out of the seatbelts, you know, and out of cars and stuff, and they can break the windows and everything with the finger ring. So it's, uh, yeah, they're a good time. I'll show you something else to our spike. This is, uh, this is something else that's that's really popular as well too. Kevin over at M3 Tactical, he makes these. Um, one more thing, I have to give a shout out to our Evos. So that's the knife I just sent you. Our Evo knife, the really cool thing about it is you can actually interchange the handles. We call those scales, right? Yeah. In the knife world. So you can interchange those scales. So I got my American flag one here. Uh, you've got your branded one as well too. Uh, but you can interchange these scales. We have a lot of different designs and scales on our website. So basically, I mean, look, dude, you take off the scale and put on something different. It's basically like having a brand new knife. You know, it looks right. completely different with the with the handles and stuff. So um, these are our Evos as well, too. We're about ready to roll out with our Evo 2.0, where you can interchange the blade, bro, and you can interchange the different finger rings. So you got finger rings like this. You've got one with like a punch. You've yep. got a finger ring that, that looks like this, that. you know, kind of thing. So you can basically customize your own knife uh, to however you want it to look. So that's the, that's the beauty of our, of our Karambit Evo, E-V-O, Echo, Victor, Oscar, Evo knives. Heck yeah, bro. I absolutely love that. That's the only thing that I was like, I was like, man, you know, I'd like to have a little <laughs> something to add some uh, abrasive uh, content here, because if I do have to punch, I mean, you know, uh, opening someone's face up is really, really effective way to be a little less lethal and 
stop them from wanting to fight because there's a lot of blood you got to deal with. It looks horrible, but it's really pretty superficial. But to be able to punch with that and and then do some things like that um, to change someone's mind, you know, while they can still think is pretty yep. so awesome, man. I, I, I'm really excited about it, man. I absolutely believe in this blade. I've used this blade. Um, you know, it's it was with me the whole time I was in Iraq, the whole time I was in the Marine Corps. Um, I told you guys that I've, you know, about what I, my experience has been with it. So, you know, I think, and I, and I went through like this maturation process with knives, you know, cause I had certain other guys I really respect um, that were like totally trashing the crib, bro. <laughs> they were like, they like hated them, you know, and I had to really kind of be like, well, what do I think what's right for me, you know? And I just don't have time to go spend five, 10 years in the dojo, learning all the stuff. I need something that's simple that I can look at and be like, I know I can, I can def- keep distance and defend myself with this. I guarantee you it's a problem if I get this thing in my hand and I still have a base level of education, you know, so don't neglect the education guys, but um, this is definitely a blade I stand by and uh, have used. And I'm glad to be connected with Phil on this, man. Yeah. It's an honor. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thank you for uh, allowing us to partner with you as well, too, man. We've got some good things coming in the future for sure. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. There's a lot more coming with this. You do on the on the spectrum of like your force continuum. You really do want to be competent, you know, from hand to hand, from obviously the soft skill level with all your verbal stuff and your deterrence and living a safer pattern of life and your situational awareness on into the hand-to-hand stuff on into blade tactics on into firearms um, and, and, and on up into creating networks and teams within your neighbors and in social environment uh, to be able to protect yourselves and your families. So this is one more thing that I want you guys to take seriously and pay some attention to. We got some good stuff coming. Me and Phil about to. Lay out some opportunities for, for for you guys to do some training, and like he said, get the blade, hop on their social media, uh, learn some things, and um, that will really be confident. Get a trainer, and 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 practice some patterning, you know, um, and practice a little bit uh, because you want to be confident with these things. And he has they have the assets there for you to learn. So, yep. awesome! It's, it's all good, man. It's all good. Heck yeah, man. Well, thanks so much for spending this time with us. Phil, it's an honor. Definitely. We'll put the links, send me your links and stuff like that. We'll put those in the description for folks that want to follow you. Um, Maybe hire you to do some speaking, you know, Yeah. Um, and uh, also want to get some blades and things like that. And uh, I look forward to everything, man. Heck yeah. Yeah, me too, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. God bless you and and everybody else that's, that's watching this right now. So you guys have a good day. That's what's up. Awesome. This is my MCK. There are many like it, but this one is mine. If you've got a firearm sitting around a pistol that you are not doing anything with, get an MCK. They make them for every single model. If you want a micro conversion kit, that will turn your handgun into a force multiplier. Get one, man. They are ultra affordable. CAA MCK micro conversion kits are the changing the game, y'all. So if you don't have one, you need to get one. Get one. Your women, children, people that are less physically potent 
will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. You will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. I want to get one of these into the hands of 100,000 more protectors this year because ultimately we are only as good as the things. The nation is only as good as its protection. Your home is only as safe and as good as your ability to protect it. MCK, go get one. Drop your handgun in. Take it to the next level. Out. Boom. Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, You'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.